Welcome to the Weekly Spot. You are tuned into episode 52. That is right. We have made it one year. This is the 52nd episode. Thank you so much for all the support and uh, sticking with us throughout this first year. It's been an incredible journey. We're excited to keep going to uh, the upcoming season and bringing you the latest and greatest in NFL news. My name is Cyrus. I have my co-host with me today, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How are you guys feeling on this uh, momentous occasion? Good. In the middle of a heat wave. So it's, you know... Skies out, thighs out, or suns out, guns out, whichever you prefer. And uh, it's kind of nice. Feels peak summer, like training camp season, and, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we're in the dog days of summer, which means that football's right around the corner. So uh, if you can survive these next few days in this heat wave, we'll be all right. Yeah, dude, it's weird. I feel like it was super hot for like two days, and now it's kind of toned down a little bit, but. Um, there was a day there where I felt like it was we were in like Florida or something. Yeah, it was like yeah. muggy, humid. Uh, we're in the Bay Area for those of you listening who are not from this area, and it's not normally like this. We're pretty spoiled. It's it's usually mid seventies when it's hot, and we're complaining about it. Yes. But um, this is yeah, it's been it's been an unprecedented heat wave here. Um, and in tandem with that, we have an unprecedented heat wave of NFL news to bring you. Oh yeah! Let's dive in wow. to our favorite position. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Our favorite position, uh, the tight end position. We have two of the top tight ends, arguably tight end one and tight end two, both getting paid. Um, what do we think of this? What do we think of the deals? Were they appropriately sized? Were Were they necessary at the moment? What, what What's our takes on? Uh, George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey getting a, an extension. I mean, I'll go first on this one since I'm currently wearing a George Kittle jersey to celebrate uh, his bank account getting a lot bigger. Uh, he signed a five-year, $75 million deal, and then Kelsey was four years, $57 million. So when it comes down to broken down per year, there's only like a half a million dollar difference between the two. And that's fair because they're both the two best tight ends, and it's pretty close. Of course, I'm a Kittle guy, so I think he's better than Kelsey. But they both got paid. Uh, it was funny because they like Kittle signed on Friday, and I think Kelsey signed Saturday, or maybe later on Friday. I think like, they it were was both the same day. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like back to back. Like it was pretty funny <clears throat> how that went down. But Kittle, I mean, he's he is the Niners team. He's our guy. He's the best player on that team. They need to lock him down. So, of course, uh, they're happy. He's happy. And the contract felt like it helped both sides out pretty fairly. Uh, I mean, he has a lot of money. Obviously, he's staying in the tight end market. But Kittle has been the best tight end in the league, like I said. And also, he is probably the best blocker in terms of tight end in the whole league, which is imperative in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, he, he's perfect fit there. And I'm sure all San Francisco 49ers fans are happy about that. And in terms of Kelsey, I mean, he he's Mahomes' guy. Uh, you can look at uh, Hill and other Legion of Zoom members on that Chiefs roster who are maybe more explosive. But Kelsey really helps clear things out for them because he's catching those you know, five, ten-yard passes that Mahomes uh, loves to look for him, especially in the red zone. I just want to know, though, how are the Chiefs affording him after paying Mahomes, Frank Clark, and Chris Jones? No idea. Good for them, though. 
Yeah, I, I think it's easier to extend guys that are already on your roster because you can just mm-hmm. push that money out to, yeah. to years that are not decided on the cap yet. So that gives them some flexibility versus signing a free agent and having to create room right now to add True. another piece. Um, <clears throat> but sorry, like you said, um, both those tight ends are super important to their team. And to me, both of them are kind of a steal, even though they totally reset the tight end market. Um the, the highest contract before that was uh, Jimmy Graham and Hunter Henry at about $10 million a year. And now uh, Kelsey and Kittle are getting 14 and $15 million a year. So uh, to me, those seem low even. Like yeah. they reset the market and they're still kind of underpaid because there's only, I think, 11 receivers I saw a stat that are paid more than Kittle is. And I would be hard-pressed to pick 11 guys that I value more than George Kittle on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, I think he's underpaid. He, he makes more of an impact than, than the 11th best, best receiver in the league, in my eyes, because he can block and so much he can do in the running game. And then he has, he has the, ha- the hands to, to make people pay, and he can run people over and get a face mask on top of it and win you a game in a, a, the Superdome, and uh, you're rolling and going to your, your first seed. Um, so, and it's sort of the same thing with Kelsey. He's not as physical of a blocker, but he's maybe a better route runner and, and very consistent hands. And he's really important to that team also. Um, so for me, I I think both of those deals look, look really good for both those teams. Yeah, 100%. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you kind of gave some context that Hunter Henry and Jimmy Graham were the top paid tight ends in, in the league. If you're paying those dudes 10 million, Bro, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are probably twice as good as them. Hunter Henry's good. Don't get me wrong. He's just unhealthy. And Jimmy Graham is not the Jimmy Graham that you think of when you think Jimmy Graham. So um, 15 mil roughly is, I think, a fair price um, for these guys. And it's just the nature of the position. You know, you're not going to get paid as much as a tight end as you would a wide receiver. And it's all relative. And at the moment, you know, 5 million more than the, the next highest tight end is probably the max that you would get um setting that market that's not to say that you know next time zach Ertz signs a contract or another top tight end gets paid it's not going to even go higher than that so uh we'll see what happens there but i mean the nine guys you're talking about you're looking at like julio jones michael thomas obj tyreek hill like there's some there's some quality players sure. in there i think at george kills up there yeah at the top yeah at the top i mean the fringe dudes what mike evans I think Brandon Cooks is still making an yeah. absurd amount of money considering yeah. his, where he's at. Adam yeah. Thielen. Um, yeah, Adam Thielen's solid. But, yeah, I mean, George Kittle's in that conversation. It's just it's, it's just the fact that he's classified as a tight end and um, where the next highest contract already was in that in that position group. But well well earned for both of these players, and I think great signings for both of these teams. Both 100% key impact players that lead to direct wins for these teams. So um, huge signings, really, really glad to see them locked up, um, especially on the Niners, who I predicted would have a lot of success. We'll dive into that later. But uh, let's let's dive into some others. We have some other signings. Uh, Casey, I'll, I'll let you start off with uh, Kenny Clark and, and run us through this one. Yeah, Kenny Clark signed a big deal, um, and he's only 24 years old. I think that's the biggest thing that uh, – people are looking at he got he's getting paid less or more than than george kittle and Durgan and i were talking and and <clears throat> Durgan was all hey man the, the the packers messed up big time and i was like wait, wait a minute <laughs> sir good sir i'll pull some stats out 
Um, but he was drafted when he was 20 out of UCLA. Um, I think he's going to take Aaron Donald's place as the best defensive tackle in the, in the league in a couple of years. He's not there yet. Um, but I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever going to be Aaron Donald or we're going to see that, that kind of guy in the league again, but as a, as a pure nose tackle, which, which Kenny Clark is playing right now, uh, I think he's probably the best in the league. And then, uh, Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle and interior lineman in the league. Um, so Kenny Clark actually has the top pass rush grade out of nose tackles last year. So best in the league at, at getting to the, to the quarterback, creating those pressures. Um, yeah, second in the league uh, among interior defenders in getting pressures. So he's behind only Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had 80 pressures last year. It's a sizable bump down, but Kenny Clark had 62, second most in the league. So he's a very, very good defender against the run, uh, and he can also pressure the quarterback. And that's very rare. There, there's maybe like three or four defensive tackles that can impact the passing game from that position. Uh, Aaron Donald, uh, I think maybe DeForest Buckner, uh, Fletcher Cox, and kind of Kenny Clark. And maybe those are the only guys. So if you can get one of those four guys, that makes a huge difference for your defense. So for me, the value on the contract is great. He's super young. We're going to get him in the, in the peak of his career, maybe even give him a third contract when he's 28. Uh, seems like a good good situation for me yeah and those guys you mentioned just for reference are all up there in the top contracts and they're all sort of in the same ballpark so he's it's not as if he's getting um it's some new sort of record setting deal for this position but he's getting paid like a top the top defensive tackle that he is yeah 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 i mean like you said when i texted you about this i was like uh you know that's a that's a lot of money for a guy who plays nose tackle i mean it is yeah but then when he, I didn't know he was 24 years old. Like, that's pretty crazy that he's that young. Uh, but now that he has the money, it's not, okay, you're a young guy. You're getting better. Okay, yeah. you're uh, the highest paid nose tackle, one of the no, highest paid yeah. tackles. I live up to it. And uh, you know, Pro Football Network actually has him ranked 12th for interior defensive linemen. I'm not mm. saying I agree with that, but like, that's pretty low. But when he's 24, and like I said, he might get a third contract which is unheard of for a defensive lineman. I mean, a player in general is pretty unheard of, but for a defensive lineman, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But he's young enough. I mean, at the end of this contract, he'll be 28. And defensive linemen, I mean, for the most part, as long as they stay in shape and stay healthy, they can play for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they have a strong defensive line, the Packers do, with the Smith Bros and now uh, Kenny Clark. Uh, hopefully they can stop the run better this year than they did last year against the Niners. But yeah, you know, we'll, th- we'll see. I'm not th- holding my but breath. It, but it, this this <laughs> this does not hurt them at all. It helps them uh, in their future. So uh, you changed my mind for once to make it a uh, <laughs> a good deal on their part. There you go. Just for context, four years, seventy million dollars for for Kenny Clark. It's not bad. Not bad for how good he is yeah. and young. Yeah, same contract value as like Fletcher Cox. Uh, I think it's it's a little less than DeForest Buckner and less than Aaron Donald, but it's it's up there in uh in terms of average contract per year so he's getting paid and he deserves it and you when you can lock in a young player at a key position you you have to do that as a as as the packers so that's that's a key acquisition or not acquisition but re-signing i should say and i think he continues to get better there's nothing that says he can't he that's all he's done so far and 
um, you know, barring any injuries, he's going to be a great defensive tackle in this league. Uh, segueing from there, let's talk about some NFL news regarding injuries. We have some camp injuries, and it sounds like from what I'm reading here, Casey, you might have a theory as to why we might not see the end of some some of these injuries to come. Um, you want to dive into this a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so we got McCoy out for the season with the Cowboys. Uh, ruptured his quad tendon. Never even heard of that injury before, but it doesn't sound enjoyable. Um, and then we have Jalen Hurd, Durgan's own, uh, oh, towards yes. ACL, uh, Trey Waynes, Torres Peck. Uh, and there's been some other ones that have popped up as well. Um, but I think especially because of the, the way this offseason was structured because of the coronavirus, uh, players are probably going to be showing up a little bit out of football shape. They might be working out, but they're not running around. They're not doing routes. And football speed and tempo is a little bit different than what you can really simulate on your own. Um, so because of that, I think you're more likely to get these soft tissue issues with the pectoral muscles and, and that kind of stuff, because you're, you're out of shape. When you get tired, your, your technique is a little worse. You're more prone to injury. You're not as well conditioned. You're not as strong. You're not used to taking the hits. All that kind of stuff can sort of add up and lead to more injuries. I mean, I saw the Gerald McCoy video injury today and it was an absolute freak injury. Like it was crazy. It was one of those ones where. They're kind of blocking each other, but like not really. It's kind of like a walkthrough block, and mm-hmm. he took like a step back and is ruptured on the spot. Sure. And he, he got and he got released actually today uh, by the Cowboys, which is pretty crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, Damn. but he plans on re-signing next year, so it's not a huge deal. But like, he lost out on like fifteen million dollars because of that, which is uh, pretty crazy. Jerry uh, Jones is cold, man. Oh, he he's a businessman. Uh, put him on IR. Why why not put him on, on because I, I don't you you could release him so that. His contract was three years, $18 million, was mm-hmm. $3 million guaranteed. So he got paid that. Yeah. So essentially his contract is three years, $5 million per year from here on out. If they release mm-hmm. him, they don't own that. And then next yeah. year he can re-sign a one-year deal for $4 million. And it's his cap sure. space this year and next year. I mean, it's it's a it's a messed up move, but, you know, Jerry's got to pay Dak. So he's got to find money where he can. <laughs> But I guess. like you like you and like you said, um, the injuries. I mean, it's a different training camp, and these guys didn't have OTAs. These rookies didn't have rookie mini camp, so they might be a little over anxious and uh, kind of pushing themselves a little further than they should be. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. not always, but it's just yeah. You always see the first week of training camp some injuries, but uh, yesterday it was the first day. I think most teams had pads, and there were yeah. a flurry of injuries. I mean, Nick Chubb, we didn't mention he had a concussion. Which I mean, all things considered, one concussion isn't terrible, but he want... got cleared. I yeah, thought, I read. Well, I yeah. think he had. But so you don't want your star running back to have a head injury yeah, first on the first back. day of yeah. practice. Yeah. So uh, I think guys a little over anxious right now. Uh, by the time next week will happen, rolls around, there'll be a lot more injuries. So it'll probably be a weekly thing where we talk about who is injured of the week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, um, and. This is kind of a big loss for the Cowboys. That defensive line was shaping up nicely for them. Mm-hmm. You know, think about Don, Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy next to each other. Kind of scary, right? Yeah. That in, that's a, that's a solid interior, and combine that with Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know what we're going to yeah. see from Alden Smith and Randy Gregory if those dudes stay out of trouble. Um, but you know, that's that's kind of a big loss on, on yeah. the interior of that defensive line. I think. Now we're looking at Antoine Woods coming in and starting for them, and I don't know how, what, what to expect from that, to be honest. But um, they got a, this is good news. Yeah, for you, yeah. 
<laughs> this is good news. And they got some young guys too. Tristan Hill, they dropped in the second round last year, who like didn't play barely any snaps. Yeah. And Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, they dropped this pastor in the third round. Uh, or the big boys in the middle. But did we ever talk about Everson Griffin? I just realized I don't think we talked about him last week. I don't think so. I mean, no. that's, a, that's a great signing for the Cowboys. Like a phenomenal signing for how cheap they got him for like $6 million. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh, hoping the Packers yeah. would, would snatch him up because there was Should've. some rumor that, that he was looking at, at the Packers. But it is a good signing for the for the Cowboys, I especially mean, on – I mean, he's getting getting old. to the tail end of yeah. his, his career, but he can still produce. He Give was still seven a good sacks. player last year. Seven, yeah. eight oh, sacks. Just like Gerald McCoy. Same same situation. Yep. I mean, he's, he's he's not a spring chicken, but he produces, and he's he's a, he's a good he's a good defensive tackle in this league. Dude, I remember that guy used to dominate. Like, yeah. he used to be one of the best. Yeah. Um, so even if you get him at, like, 80% of, of what he was, that's a, that's a solid starter. Just give him seven, eight sacks, so. and that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Let's move on here. We have one of our resident weekly spiral co-hosts recently was featured on the official radio station of the now Las Vegas Raiders. Casey, I think maybe let's let's just take a second and talk about your experience doing that, and uh, maybe shout out where people can find it if they want to hear it, what it was about, um, and give a little rundown of that whole thing. Yeah, sure. Um, so, as as listeners may know, I've been doing the the weekly breakdowns for some NFL players, and I did Derek Carr a, a few weeks ago on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah, and uh, it, it surpassed around fifteen thousand views. And then I got a, a message from uh, the silver and black today on the las vegas raiders flagship station um so the raider nation radio 920 in las vegas and they saw the the breakdown and they they reached out to me and said like hey would you be interested on coming onto our show and, and talking about Derek carr and what you saw as an unbiased analyst and um sort of tell us what you think his struggles are his, his strengths are and and all that kind of stuff so uh, a day later, there I was, and called in and talked for about 15 minutes about, you know, Derek Carr's struggles and his successes, and um, was a little nervous, but they were they were great interview interviewers, and uh, they did a, a really good job, and and it was a good conversation, and um, I'm kind of a believer in Derek Carr, so maybe I convinced maybe one or two Raiders fans that are always bashing him that you know he's playing within a system and that's important to understand uh, you know what your boss is asking you to do you know if if Durgan's boss says like hey go pack those boxes and then you know the customer is angry because you're not out front you know taking their order or something you know it's you're doing what your boss is telling you to do so if you're mad at Derek Carr for not taking shots He's just doing his job and what Gruden's telling him to do. He he needs to take those easy checkdowns. He needs to have positive plays, all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're interested in hearing more about that conversation, um, we we tweeted it out a few times. Uh, we'll do it again. We'll trickle it out some more. Uh, probably post it on Instagram, um, or uh, yeah, you can uh, email us at uh, contactweeklyspiral dot or at gmail.com and uh we'll send you the link directly if you want oh VIP treatment yeah. I love it 
Yeah, Casey did a really good job. It was, it's a it's a really interesting listen as well. They dive into a lot of detail on uh, on Derek Carr and also just the Raiders as a whole and why they run the offense they run and how that operates and maybe certain things below surface level that fans may not realize when just watching a game um, that might open your eyes this coming season to, to some some new things to come on uh, for Raider Nation. So if you're interested, if you're a Raiders fan, it's a must listen. If you're a football fan, I would definitely recommend it as well. Check out our Twitter. We'll post it on uh, post it on Instagram at some point as well. Um, so you will be in the loop there. Yeah. Casey, you got me, uh, turning my, my leg and my hips and stuff during the, <laughs> during the, the listen as well. You were doing some, had me doing some quarterback drills. It was interesting. Um, so yeah, check it out. Check it out. Really interesting stuff there. Um, let's move on here. So we're officially a year into this. We've been doing this podcast for 52 weeks, um, which is insane to me. Just, just saying it out loud. Uh, it doesn't feel that long. It feels like it's gone by way quicker. Having a lot of fun with you, with you guys. Uh, thanks for making it fun. But let's let's take a, year, a look at our first episode ever. Some of the hot takes we made. Some of the good takes we made. Some of the really really bad takes we made. And uh, I guess rehash them, own up to them, and kind of kind of talk through them and um, just see where our heads were at when we first started this thing up to now, one year later. Um, I don't know who wants to start. I don't. I, My, I don't. <laughs> I was the one to listen to it, so I will take the uh, first L's since I also had the most bad takes. Uh, like you said, though, from week one to where we are now is night and day. I didn't even have a microphone the first episode. <laughs> I think we were, I think we were in a bar, like, hey, let's like do it next week. Like, let, let's just figure, yeah. it, let's just do it. Let's see what happens. So it's crazy how uh, how far we've come in the past year. Oh yeah, sure. we had Casey's mic. We just huddled we around the circle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. very janky. Yeah, yeah, we we figured it out. <laughs> we, since. we got done. Uh, but yeah, so those are the bad takes. Uh, so for me, my first one is uh, Lamar Jackson, and that wasn't the first week episode. I guess that was an every week episode. Uh, <laughs> but specifically the first week, I said I prefer uh, Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. because he is uh, thick, which he is thick. That part, that part wasn't right. But the, fact, the, the fact that he was uh, much worse than Lamar Jackson had the... Incredible season. I'm still not a Lamar Jackson believer. I never will be. So that's not going to change. But he uh, he outperformed my expectations. And we will leave it at that. Uh, then uh, another bad one I had was the Jaguars as a dark horse playoff contender. And they were terrible. Uh, I was like, okay, you know, the same defense they had at that time. So Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack just got into contract. Okay, they'll be fine. Clay Campbell. Nick Foles is good. And Nick Foles wasn't good. He got injured in the first game. Minshew, your boy, Casey, uh, yeah. did good, but Jalen Ramsey got traded. Clayus Campbell's yeah. been traded since, and now they are the uh, odds-on favorite for the first overall pick. And then I think my probably worst take was saying how the Jets were one year away from being legitimate contenders. And I They're... think they've taken like five steps back since last year yeah. and are about six years away from being legitimate contenders. I think they're one Adam Gase away from being contenders. Yeah, I think that's the the main issue there. But that's rough. I mean, I don't know about that. There's a few <laughs> other holes on that roster that they need to figure out. But yeah, I mean, Adam Gase doesn't help their case. Not at all. Yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. And also, I said DK Metcalf would be a bust, where I famously called him uh, "looks like Tarzan plays like Jane," <laughs> and he's like, he, he was pretty solid. So, so we could just spend the next like thirty minutes talking about your bad takes. I, I ha- yeah, I have more, but those are the ones <laughs> that we just need to highlight for now. 
All right. All I right. mean, I, I uh, can understand some of them. Like Lamar Jackson going into not last yeah. year, I wouldn't have expected him to play at the level he did this year. Like he played out of his mind. So I can understand not being a believer then. But the fact that you're still not a believer oh. is you stuck I never, to yeah. it. Well, I thought the only way he's going to do it this year is even a Super Bowl. And we already have that bet settled. We have that one already made. So unless he pulls something out of his uh, magic hag, you know. I don't know. We, we had some lightning strikes this weekend in the Bay Area, but lightning once, yeah, twice for Lamar Jackson. Struck once, and that's it. <laughs> we will see. We'll see. We'll we see. will see. Yeah. Jaguars, uh, you, know, you know, I I like Gardner Minshew, and they do have some pieces on offense. They have some decent receivers. I still don't know that they're going to have a ton of success this they're, year. They're going to be terrible. They're, they're going to be the worst team in the league, probably. And also, that I'll, defense is tough. Yeah. It's a tough, tough look. Oh, yeah. And Did we talk about this one here? This is this one I want to hear you talk about a little bit. The Cowboys being Super Bowl contenders. You yeah. You said that. That was bad. That was bad as well. <laughs> and I, mean, I mean, it came down, I think, to Jason Garrett. I mean, this year, I'm still high on him this year. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy's going to send him to the playoffs. But I was really high on him last year. And. I mean, for a multitude of reasons, they just kind of just didn't do shit, really. I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, I think they ended up being, which is, like, yep. horrendous when you look at that roster from last year and this year, too. So, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm sure you're, you're grinning year to year, I can tell uh, <laughs> from that. But, you know, I, I'm going to double down this year and uh, say they are Super Bowl contenders once again. Oh, wow. Okay, early hot takes. I'll, I mean, I'll double look, down. they were... They, by all accounts, that that was their division to lose. I mean, they're yep. the most stacked roster. Um, they lost a lot of games that that the stat lines said they should have won. Just looking at them, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dak played out of his mind. It was it was a weird season. If you're if you're a Cowboys fan, you probably look at you know certain things and you're you're like, oh man, that was good. But then oh man, eight and eight, not great. So um, yeah, fr- frustrating season. I'm sure if you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, they had a lot of things go wrong. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence wasn't as good. Uh, Van Der Esch had a neck injury, so I mean, some of their yeah. big guys got hurt. And then it is like, I mean, they lost to the Jets, and the Jets had just like got blown out the week beforehand to the Patriots. So like losses yeah. like that are like you shouldn't be losing these games. And then you have Jason Garrett at the time just clapping the whole time. So I mean, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, thankfully yeah. for uh, Cowboys fans and McCarthy, I think will steer them in the right direction. Well, the bar is set very low, so McCarthy probably already cleared it just by existing. (laughs) Um, So the roster is better this year, too, for the Cowboys. We'll see what happens. Oh, it is? No more. Uh, Casey, you want to go or you want me to go and then discuss? I have less Uh, bad takes than you, so I could go if you want to. We have the same number. We have three. How dare you slander me like that? Uh, I'll go first. We'll leave the worst for last. How about that? Whoa, the best for last. The best for last. (laughs) Uh, I said the Chargers were a lock for the playoffs. Um, don't really know what my line of thought was when I said that. Um, <laughs> I, I should have known the Chargers always let you down. I have a friend, Zach, who is from San Diego, still a Chargers fan. Uh, maybe one of the only loyal yeah, ones that has fo- have followed them on that move. Um, 
but Zach, I'm hopping off the bandwagon now, dude. I'm not a I'm not a believer in Herbert, and I don't really see them having an avenue to to making the playoffs this year, especially because the Broncos and the the Raiders look better, and then the Chiefs are in that same division. Didn't you have so, the Chargers going three and thirteen this year, or something crazy like that? Four and yeah, 12? they were they were pretty low. I've I've clearly <laughs> they beat the Packers too. They like I gave them all these props. I was like, hey, you guys are gonna make the playoffs, and then they sucked, and they beat the Packers. Oof. So. Uh, it was a double whammy for yeah. me, so I am off the Chargers train. Um, so the Raiders were going to be playoff contenders, and they were, okay, until like week 15 or 16. You know, they were hanging around. They it, were hanging around for a while. It, Remember, we did that one episode where we went over like the huge scenario, list of scenarios yeah. where they could still make it. So they were hanging around a little I, bit. I mean, it was a very unlikely yeah. scenario. A lot of things needed to happen. Like five teams needed to lose, and like three other teams needed to win. Some crazy ass shit. If, so, if you're on the bottom of the in the hunt when they do the playoff graphics, if you're on the bottom of that, that means you're not in the hunt. But you're a playoff contender. I mean, not a playoff favorite, but you're contending. They're in there. They're in the picture. The artists, formerly known as the Redskins, were eliminated until like week 14. They won like four games last year. Yeah, so it would have been a great pick well, to say the Red, the the Washington football team was a playoff contender. Also says something about the NFC East. That's true. As yeah. well. That's true. Uh, and then to round things off, I said Sherman was washed and. Uh, Clearly, I was wrong there. Devontae did burn him once, um, but uh, the the Niners were the better team both times, and Sherman played really well. I didn't think coming off of a, an Achilles injury like he was that he, he would continue to play well at, at a high level. Usually, you see guys drop off pretty quickly, especially those fast-twitch guys. Um, really struggle sometimes after Achilles injuries, especially if they're older. Um but I was wrong. Props to him. Negotiated his own contract. Came back from an, an Achilles. Uh, what else does the guy got to do to get some respect? I know Darrell Rivas has been taking shots at him on Twitter yeah. and stuff like that, saying he's not a very good corner. He only plays zone, but uh, he plays zone the best in the league and has been for a number of years. So props to him. Hopefully this year he is washed, though, <laughs> so the Packers have a better chance. So yeah, he's definitely not as good as he once was. I mean, that, that's quite evident. But the thing is, like, you just don't want to throw at him because he's probably smarter than you as a quarterback. Like, he knows offenses probably better than any defensive back I've ever watched, personally. I mean, yeah. he's, he's always one step ahead, and that's how he's always kind of made up for his lack of speed and lack of athletic ability. Uh, I, I think he's going to take a step back this year. Again, I would be really surprised if he made a Pro Bowl. But as long as he plays above average, Niners fans will take that. So, washed, maybe, but still play well, yes. He's, so he's, in, he's in the dry cycle of his washing. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, and, and, he's and it's, it's not completed, yeah. It also helps that the cornerback opposite of him is terrible. So, no one's going to throw yeah. the ball to Sherman when you have a question mark on the opposite side. Sure. Makes sense. Do you have any other ones you want to profess to, or should I go? No, I think that's that's you know I don't have that many bad takes, so I'm pretty accurate with mine. <laughs> well, but, all uh, right, I don't like we have guarantee. I don't guarantee some like random team to make the playoffs that you know hasn't been competitive for decades. Listen, then you're not really passionate about that team. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I have three as well. 
one I'm going to stick to my guns with, and the other two I'm going to completely recant and reverse my opinion on. Okay. So I'll start off. I'll start off with the first one, which I'm going to continue to believe in. Things are changing in Cleveland. <laughs> oh. I am going to say, as I did before, that the Browns are a lock for the playoffs. But I'm going to say they're a wild card team. Um, they have everything on paper. It didn't come together. They didn't improve. They got worse last season. I think Stefanski is actually the man for the job and can turn it around in Cleveland. And I think the Browns have everything you need to be a playoff team if they're coached in the right direction. So I'm going to say Browns potential lock to make the playoffs. I'm a little hesitant, but I'm (laughs) going to, I'm going to stick with that one. The other two I had, I don't know what, okay. I I was apparently high on the jets. I don't even remember this. Maybe I blacked out. I don't know what, I don't even remember saying this. Um, The, the jets are a dumpster fire and they're still on fire. There's no extinguishers in sight. The fire department hasn't left the building. They're still burning. The flames getting bigger. Jamal Adams left that fire. I, it's it's not getting better. I don't think, uh, you know, I like Joe Douglas. I think they had a great draft, um, but I don't think it's enough. So I'm going to say the Jets are three or four years away if they do things right. Um, then I also said the Rams were apparently a lock for the playoffs. That was just wrong. You were very high <laughs> in the Rams. So you were, you were, oh, yeah, Rams for sure and no problem. Well, they were coming off of a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's not, yeah. I mean, I, I said they were a playoff team, but you were like, about that life. Well, by all accounts, they should have been. Yeah. They, had a, they, yeah. they were the favorites to win that division. And we're, we're going to go into the, the good takes, and yep. I'm going to tell you, you'll see what that is. But <laughs> they were the favorites coming into that season to win the division. And, you know, they vastly underperformed and whatever you want to credit that to. I don't know, coaching, injuries, um, Jared Goff, whatever, whatever it is. Line play. It's probably line play, it's to be honest. Line. But yeah. yeah. And defense. Um But in general, I mean, you know, that team, by all accounts, coming into the season was was people were already kind of penciling them in yeah. as the division winner. Yeah. So um boy how things change. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody really expected the Niners to make as drastic a turnaround as as they did. Well, Except for maybe one of our Hosts. Somebody did. <laughs> Somebody did. I'm, let's do a little round robin here. We'll, we'll do a little uh, snake draft version okay. of this. Okay. I'll start off with the good takes as well from my bad takes. I said that the Niners were uh, had the makings of a playoff team and that they could turn it around and make the playoffs. I will admit I did not expect them to go 13-3 <laughs> and three and dominate the way that they did. I thought they were potentially a wild card team and had a chance to make a run. But they demolished the competition and had one of the best seasons, you know, that we've we've seen from the Niners in in this era. So um, I'll take the credit on it, though. I said the <laughs> Niners were good. No, nope, not many people expected it, but um, you know, the thing you had to look at was that the season prior they were decimated, and in particular at the most important position in football and and all of sports, as we like to say here. Um, you know, you got C.J. Beathard out there doing God knows what, <laughs> playing very inconsistently, and it's it's not going to help your team. So uh, they turned it around massively. I don't know if I've ever seen a team turn it around like that. I don't. I'm, I'm no. sure there's some stats out there as to that being unprecedented in, in one way or another. But um, yeah, I, I I had a feeling about the Niners early on, and then the second one, a little bit of a homer pick, a little biased, but I said that the Eagles were locked to make the playoffs, and lo and behold, everybody was like, "Oh, Cowboys, they're so good." My name's Durgan. I love the Cowboys. <laughs> blah blah blah. And lo and behold, Eagles won the division. Boom, mic drop. 
I wouldn't. Else I wouldn't call them like a lock. Boom. They didn't like decisively Boom. win that division. They like no, but I said that they, they fell won, backwards. They made it though. They made it. Uh, hey, hey, listen. <clears throat> Not only that, but they they were plagued by injuries. And I've already gone through this with you numerous times about the wide receiver <laughs> position. We won't rehash that. But I mean, Carson Wentz didn't have a receiver with over 500 yards. So anyway, huge, huge division win. Oh, for Lucky sure. Lucky for Jason Garrett. <laughs> Well, <laughs> unfortunately, that probably got him fired. But no, I just mean, like, we're lucky that the Cowboys decided to keep Jason Garrett More for year. as long as they yeah. have. And well, sure. So, anyway, sure. Yeah, I, I get you. Um, I got you. Both great takes, phenomenal choices by myself. Let's move on. Yeah, notice there was only two there. Um, also, yikes! Quality over quantity, my friend. Quality over quantity. Smallest Let's number yours. out of all Let's of us. See yours. Well, this team might be good. I'm not going to be decisive about it, but they might have an opportunity. I, 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 have, to I have been be decisive. Good. I've been decisive. <laughs> I said right. the Ravens All were right. going to be great and they were going to have a better defense than the Bears. I don't know if they did have a better defense than the Bears, but they were great. They were they great. They were great. They were great. So I think this next one's more impressive. To be it honest, was, it was scary. You, you had one that was. You had one that was. Uh, you know, Casey may have a time machine kind of situation. You know, I've just got a connection with the man from Miami who transferred over to Tennessee. I said Tannehill would be starting by the end of the season and that the Titans were a quarterback away from being good. And that quarterback was Ryan Tannehill. And boy, were they good. And I was hopping on that train, the Derrick Henry Express, with uh, the conductor, Ryan Tannehill, and the choo-choo man himself, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, uh, making that team go. And they went further than a lot of people expected. Um, Beat the Patriots in New England. Uh, sent Tom Brady home crying with a pick six as his last throw ever as a New England Patriot. And uh, then uh, I think the season was canceled after that because the Packers didn't lose next week and <laughs> nor did the Titans. And uh, we just crowned those those guys as Super Bowl champions. Uh, okay. There you go. Uh, that's, that's not how I remember it, but all right. They also beat the Ravens, who you were high on. So They did, yeah, for sure. Um, then I said the Packers were going to make the playoffs. I don't think that was that's a, that's a, a wild shocker. pick. Yeah, but uh, I said the Vikings were also a playoff team, and the Vikings were a playoff team. Neither so. of those are, are shocking in any way to me. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Jets fan, that you know <laughs> <laughs> I decided to be a little safe with some of my picks, but uh, you know, there there you have it. Four four solid takes in episode one compared to two for. Two for old Cyrus. I think the Niners counts as like five. It, it does. You're right. That, You're right. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I called a quarterback change and a playoff run from a lowly thought of team. That counts as like so, 50 million. Right, we're like equal at this point then. No, probably. you are a liar. The, the Tannehill call, and I went back and listened to it, was genuinely freaky how like you described it. It was like, like yeah, so the Titans halfway through the year are going to bench Mariota. They'll struggle. They're bringing Tannehill into the playoffs, or I'd be be better. And I'm like, okay, what week was this again? Not week one. So that was, that was props <laughs> to you. And also, uh, the Ravens' defense did finish higher or better than the Bears in points and yards. So uh, good there for you. Go. Good for you. I knew it. I knew it. So uh, my quote unquote good calls. Uh, I said the Niners were better than the Seahawks on paper. I wasn't sure if they can put it all together, and they did. Uh, and they finished ahead of them by half a yard. So. Thank you, Drake Greenlaw. <laughs> uh, I said, I've, I've always said this, though. McVay was overrated and that the Rams would take a step back because McVay would be exposed as a head coach. And he was. Uh, we see him at hard knocks now. He'd rather 
be working out in his pool shooting hoops uh, with his model fiance and then actually learn how to call or figure out how to coach a defense but you know that that's his call and then uh finally i said that the saints would have a disappointing playoff performance uh my reasoning was that they had screwed up the past two years and that it happened three times in a row, and I was right. There was no explanation behind it. It was a total guess, and I think I kind of screwed up when I said it. But hey, <laughs> hey, it worked out well you for me. You were correct. Yeah, like lightning struck thrice. What? Oh, once for me. <laughs> once for me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but thrice for the Saints. Thrice. Yeah, poor guys. Poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm not writing off Big Vay just yet. After one year removed from a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, that offensive line struggled. Uh, I would shoot hoops with my model wife and dog as well um, because offense is just more fun to talk about and think about than gross defense. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Team McVay. I'll, I'll be a third wheel of that uh, relationship if possible. I'll hang out with the dog. I'll babysit the dog, uh, and they can uh, do whatever they do. See, I'd much rather hang out with Anthony Lynn and his wife on the smoker. Really? Hanging out. Oh, give me that all day. All day. McVay's weird. McVay's a weird guy, and he can't coach. He can't head coach. He can coach. I want to hang out with uh, Kyle Shanahan and listen to Lil Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who he, he named his son after, yeah. Lil Wayne. I think oh, he yeah. named him Carter, right? Carter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. Oh, yeah. He's... Hopefully, if we like barbecue or something, though, he doesn't choke on the food. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> just as he's about Too to soon, finish man. the last round. I don't think I'm going to hype you up. Like, yeah, yeah, go Cyrus, go Cyrus. Oh. We're having fun. We're having fun. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts here before we wrap things up on what has been a, a fun episode 52? No, I, th- I think I'm all good. That, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Hopefully not that's it. I love to hear next it. year. For yeah. Episode, yeah next... episode 104, I'll look back episode at this. Episode 104, and, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll look it. back and we'll... We'll, uh, we'll we'll discuss our takes. Uh, I think the plan next week is we're going to give some more takes uh, early mm-hmm. on for the season. We have a few more weeks left till we get football back, boys, which is exciting. Um, I am ready for that. So without further ado, thank you so much for sticking with us for this first year. We hope you stick with us for the second year, and we are going to continue pumping out content. Uh, before we sign off, I want to give my fellow co-hosts here a chance to plug some of the things they have coming up and uh, let you know about it. So, Casey, what should the beautiful listeners pay attention to coming up this week? I got uh, Robert Woods talking about the L.A. Rams. Uh, Robert Woods breakdown coming out. Bobby Um, Woods. Yeah, super versatile guy um, in that offense, and I think he plays a a larger role than a lot of people realize. And uh, I think the the target share is only going to increase with Brandon Cook's gone to the Texans. So check that out on YouTube.com slash Weekly Spiral. Awesome. That sounds great. Durgan, what about you, man? Yes, I got a Travis NTN Clemson running back scouting report. He may play a little Robin to Trevor Lawrence's Batman, but he is a hell of a player, and a lot of people online are saying he's a first-round pick. I don't think that way. Check it out, and you'll find why. Awesome. Love to hear it. This has been a Weekly Spot production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We really appreciate you hanging in for this one-year milestone, and we're really excited to keep pumping this out for you. Uh, We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome, and we will see you next week for Episode 53.